0: RunAsRadio.com. You're listening to Run As Radio, the internet audio talk show for IT professionals with Richard Campbell. This is Brandon Wen announcing show number nine hundred five. Large language models in business with guest Ulrika Headland, Recorded Tuesday, October tenth, two thousand twenty-three. Run As Radio is produced each week by Sound Thoughts LLC. For more information, visit SoundThoughtsLLC.com. You can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash runasradio. Hi, this is Richard Campbell. Thanks for listening to Run As Radio. Today, my guest is Ulrika Hedlund, who's a tech entrepreneur with a passion for technology and storytelling, and she's one of the founders and managing directors of Storyalls, an ed tech startup with a modern subscription-based solution to help organizations inspire, motivate, and educate users on how to effectively use technology through video-based storytelling. She's a frequent blogger, public speaker, and an active spokesperson for women in IT. You did work for Microsoft for a while, but these days we're fellow RDs, the regional directors, as well as MVPs and all those other fun things. So much fun to have you back. Thank
1: you, Rich. It's amazing to be back on the show.
0: When we started talking back in pandemic times, and it was always a little productivity angle in one way or the other. But, To be clear, the hottest productivity tool on the planet right now has got to be M365 Copilot. Like that, everybody's thinking this is going to change everything.
1: But it really is a game changer. And Mm -hmm. I'm not just talking about Copilot, but I'm talking about... AI based tools that are coming into our day-to-day productivity tools. I mean, you're right. I have been talking about, you know, working smarter and adopting the tools and changing your ways of working for many years mm-hmm. for users to be able to work smarter. But now adding something like Bing Chat Enterprise and then Copilot on top of the tools that we have, this really is a game changer. And this is something that we cannot, um, you know, close our eyes or say that we don't want to be a part of. It is here. So it's not a, a question of if, it's a question of
0: when. And it's interesting you bring it up that way, because when I think about the large language models in general, like over and over again, I'm hearing in news stories, yeah, they're banning chat GPT from this university. Although I'm also seeing somewhere it's like, oh no, we're going to do classes on this specifically, like it's a skill set you should have. So I can see a company. Wanting to go the other way and saying no, we're not gonna we're not gonna use this. We're not gonna allow it in our office.
1: Well, I think it's interesting, and, and Rich, you're also a father. Uh, I'm the the mm-hmm. mother of three kids.
0: Right. This is the world we're bringing our kids up in. Yeah.
1: So I have uh, we have a thirteen year old, an eleven year old, and an eight year old. And since there's so much talk also in media with, about AI, I asked them. So what have your teachers said? Have you spoken about it in school? And have they said anything? Right. And they came back and said, no, no, no one stopped talking about it, no one's saying anything. And eventually I felt, you know, this is not okay after almost like six months. Uh, And so I, I reached out to my son's teacher and I said, "Look, I'd be happy to come and and talk to to you, to the teacher, and and to the kids, just so that they know what this is about. You know what it is and what it isn't." Mm-hmm. And she was really, you know, positive. She said, "Could you please come and speak to all of the teachers right. uh, in the whole district?"
0: <laughs> That's awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah, and so I think what I felt there is that, you know, people uh, they, they 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 see it, they hear about it, they talk, but they just they're they're. Stumbling, they don't really know what to do about it. So yes, some organizations and some schools are just saying no, we're not going to do this. Mm-hmm. But I also feel that others they really they really want um, guidance and on, on what what to to do basically.
0: Do you think it, a lot of this has to do with the the science fiction effect? Like artificial intelligence is really a compromised term. That it's because it's so steeped in science fiction between Hal from 2001: A Space Odyssey to Jarvis in, in Iron Man. Like when you say that term, people paint those pictures rather than the actual tools we have in front of us.
1: I think that's part of it. When it comes so almost, you know, magical what can be created, but also so difficult to understand. That's. That The power of it and also, you know, the complexity is what scares a lot of people sure. in my mind. But this is also, you know, I try... When, you know, when I talk to the kids, I just say that you know, look, it's just like a tool in school. Like sometimes you do maths without a calculator, right. and you can do so much. Uh, sometimes you can do math with a calculator, and then you can do so much more. Yeah. And same thing here when we're using artificial intelligence, depending on how you use it, but. You know, if you are a, a designer and all of a sudden you have an AI-powered designing tool, you can get it to do amazing things. Mm-hmm. But you need still need to have your skills. I mean, if I, I'm i not a designer, so I don't know what to ask for. So I cannot create the same outcome that someone that knows the tools can. Sure. And I think this is also the importance that, that I, you know, sometimes when I talk to business leaders, I say, look, think of this as, uh, you know, a really, really, uh, you know, uh, you know, an, an intern that has read. Everything yeah. on the planet, and that's tireless, that never sleeps, but you still need to do a lot of coaching mm-hmm. uh, because it gets it wrong a lot of the time. Sure. It's not fact based, it really is a, lang- a large language model that looks at statistics for you know putting words together. Mm-hmm. So it's extremely important also not to just take an answer straight off uh, and believe that this is the truth. Well, yeah. and this is also comes back to
0: I would argue don't ask it facts in the first place because that's a mis- <laughs> no. that's not what what it's for.
1: <laughs> well, and this is this is again what I say, the, these are very powerful tools, but you also, you know, need to provide the tools with the guidance and training. And and you know, I've always used the analogy before that, you know, giving someone a Microsoft three sixty five license, that's like the Ferrari, you know, oh, right? Yeah. That you get all the bells and whistles—you could do so much. You got speed, but if you don't have a driver's license, then you know you don't know what to do. Sure. I mean, here it's really the same thing. We need to ensure that we that we train people uh, and that they get that you know almost that driver's license <laughs> in order to use these
0: tools. It's, do you think like is a presumption then that because I can type in English or type in a language, that's as much knowledge as I need from to work with Copilot? Just tell it what you want, and it'll do it. Like maybe that.
1: Well, this is the interesting part, right? That they've seen also in these early access programs, mm-hmm. is that the people who are getting the most value out of using, for instance, then Copilot, are people that are used to giving instructions. Interesting. So you need to be able to, um, you know, ask for um, help. Uh, you need to be able to uh, give constructive feedback. You need to ge- give clear guidance. Mm-hmm. You know, for instance, um, uh, so tell me the, the pros and cons and list them in a table. Uh, Put uh, a table together with all of the action items based on this meeting script or this meeting, Um, you know, who does what. Um, List all of the questions that are unanswered uh, in this meeting. So, again, asking the right questions based on what output you want to have and then also giving feedback. So, help me write this email. Uh, to pitch this product and you get the pitch and there's like, don't make it too silly. Don't uh, make it more fact-based, write it so that a person who's more analytical uh, would like it. So this is, you know, this is the type of uh, refinements that you have to do.
0: I mean, I appreciate your intern uh, analogy, except that most interns will at least say, I'm not sure what you want. And, ChatGPT never says that. It always yes, confidently true. responds.
1: <laughs> okay, so a very like cocky.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you seem very sure of yourself for me giving minimum <laughs> instructions, you know. Exactly. I I almost wish there and I wonder if we won't see later versions of this that a pre it's almost a preprocessor for refining the prompt, you know most of the time when i, when I ask an assistant uh, to do such a thing they will then ask several more questions of me to get details and this tool mm. doesn't do that yet likely mm. as you're describing needs that that you do have to thoroughly describe the task at hand
1: and this is also something that we're seeing now also with with uh, copilot that you get suggested prompts mm-hmm. that are that are you know pre um pre-suggested for you. Right. So for instance, give me a, you know, what are the top three things that have uh, happened in this chat during the past 30 days? Right. So, so you do get some suggestions, but what will be a real skill in the future is prompting yes. you know asking for the right things and also testing the boundaries so so um, you know i've met with people that you know they're writing entire books they're creating amazing things and they're doing it all by just you know, asking and prompting for the right thing. So this will be, you know, the power of how to use AI will also be about knowing what to ask
0: for yeah.
1: and how to give feedback.
0: Yeah, I really mm-hmm. appreciate the thinking around that. that that's, that's the core issue. A few weeks ago, I did a show with our, our friend Seth Juarez who once upon a time was the channel nine guy, but in reality was actually professionally educated in mathematics and maintain a library for, uh, for machine learning models. And now he's kind of doing the real work. And he said, listen, an LLM is a kind of calculator. It's a language calculator and a calculator is no good. It isn't useful for you. If you plug in the wrong equation in the first place, it's going to give you results that aren't useful for you. And the same thing here, mm. you plug in uh, essentially an expression, a language expression and you get a result from it and the quality of your expression in the first place directly affects the quality of the output.
1: Mm. But right now, we're talking a lot about this, like I said, if it's, you know, when it's going to come. But fast forward and, you know, my kids, yeah, I talked about, yeah. they're going to think that it's really strange that they had to start writing from an empty, you know, piece of paper. Page, yeah. Like, why, why? Who would do Like, that? why would I? Do, who would do that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, for them, it's going to be really weird. And now we're also talking about with executives who will get a co-pilot license. The, right. the official pricing that Microsoft have announced, and I'm sure that, you know, this will be, you know.
0: This may change over time, of, but it's where we yeah, are right now. Yeah, it might now. change yeah.
1: over time and different bundles and different packages. But now they've announced $30 uh, per user per month on top of your existing Microsoft 365 license. And for many, of course, this is something that you need to say, how can we get that mon- that the return uh, on that investment? So now you need to look at who are our employees uh, that really need this? And uh, are we going to give it to everyone? Or are we going to give it to selected users? And what would be the selection criteria for selecting those? And what I want to say here is that, first of all, it would be absolutely pointless to give a Copilot license to someone that does not use Microsoft 365. Good point. I mean if they are uh, you know uh, texting all day using whatsapp uh, if they are uh, you know on, the, on their phone if they're not using microsoft 365 then a copilot license is not going to you know no. give any additional value uh,
0: but by, by that token it's like why are you paying for a 365 license for them well yeah that's to start with <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> you know add copilot on top of that and then you know some people say okay but then it's you know uh, you know the ones that are you know <laughs> The ones that are are the, the really heavy users. I said, well, again, you need to look at what is the, what is the output, right. uh, you know, that they're doing, and nonetheless, what what is really good uh, with with um, with Copilot that you know, administrators mm-hmm. will be able to look at the usage. Right. So just like today in Microsoft 365, you can go in and you can look at the usage reports. You can look at your adoption score. You could look at users. You can see how they're adopting, how they're using chat, how they're using channels. I believe we talked about this in one sure. of our previous uh, episodes. This
0: is like the Viva conversation too, right? The,
1: Exactly. The mm-hmm. usage, right? The usage of the tools. And you will be able to do the same thing with the Copilot. So something that I advise uh, leaders in the organizations that we work with to say, to them: look, this is uh, a privilege to get something like co-pilot. Mm-hmm. It's not just given to you by default. You have to earn it. And to exactly. earn it, you also, number one, you have to go through the mandatory training yeah. so that you know, just like we talked about, Rich, this is you cannot trust everything no. that comes out of it because all of the data that you have might not be correct. Right. So then the, the questions that you ask might not give the correct answers. So you need to understand that. And then you need to know how to get the most value out of the the, the tool. Sure. So you need to learn how to prompt and how to get the value out of it. And then if you don't do that, and you can also look at the usage, so you'll be able to look at the usage reports. So users that are actively not using Copilot, well, then, you know, take it back. It's almost like, you know, giving someone an executive assistant Mm -hmm. that, you know, could work for you 24 hours um, and not give it in a single task.
0: Not use them. Then you
1: would not be a good, uh, you know,
0: um, boss. No, you're you're wasting money. And I mean, this is one of the great things about living in a cloud world is like within a month I have a report and the next month Mm -hmm. I can change the expense. I can just, okay, we're not going to spend on that anymore. So yeah, you know, I totally get that. You know, you've hinted at a few of the areas that this might work in too. Like I mean, the obvious one is that creative part of don't don't make me start with a blank page. Give me an outline or it'll give me an initial draft on a sales pitch or a a document of some kind. But the summarizer aspects I think are One of those things, amazing, yeah. And one of the things that's actually hard for people to do and unpleasant for people Mm -hmm. to do—that this tool seems to do a pretty good job on.
1: Amazing. Can you imagine all of those? I was going to say, like lawyers or working with due diligence and going through all of these—you know, hundreds and hundreds of pages of documents—and now you can get help to like summarize this, compare these two documents for me, uh, highlight the main differences. I mean. Amazing, yeah.
0: amazing. And th- this again so, uh, is where you get into a little bit of education so that they know what these are the things that are strong at. Mm. And also that you, when you recognize those workflows, you know which people in your organization are going to need it.
1: Yeah, but I mean, also when, so so this will be the difference again. So even today, just uh, having a Microsoft 365 license, most of the license use give you the right to use Bing Chat Enterprise, right. which is then a protected version. So anything you have data protecting, protection anything that you put into the prompt will be deleted so you don't have to worry about data leakage but bing chat enterprise does not have insights to the data in your own organization but it has insights to everything else on the internet so even now you could ask it to do a SWOT analysis on your business based on the information that's out available on the internet
0: publicly facing info which is a useful power all by itself
1: Absolutely. Yeah, but then you think about what happens when you start asking those intelligent questions with the insights that you have mm-hmm. in your organization. So what I'm saying also, business decision makers that make, you know, important decisions for them also, will it's going to be amazing to have this tool.
0: Yeah, without a doubt.
1: But then again, we come into to something that will be extremely important that, again, you know, uh, data information uh, people have been talking about this for years and years mm-hmm. and years that you have to have an information architecture, you have to have, you know, a proper tagging and labeling of yes. your data. Well, and you have to clean up, right? You have to delete and you have to have an archive. Uh, this becomes even more critical now when... Uh, All these things you we've been you want told to, to do questions.
0: for a long time. But <laughs> I, mean, I did a show a while back with Carolina Ketakuri, who I'm sure you know. Mm-hmm. And yes, She yes. drilled on exactly that. It's like, this is when you're going to find out if you've been diligent about your data labeling. Because... When M365 Copilot starts indexing things, it's going to look at those tags to know what it's allowed to share and what it's not allowed. And if you haven't done the work, everything is visible.
1: And the other thing is also looking at who has access to the data. Absolutely. So uh, a mis- misconception by many is that, oh, we can't turn this on because then people will get access to data that they don't have access to. And that's wrong. Copilot does not get access to anything that you don't already have access to. Right. The issue is that we as human beings do not have the time or the skills to find all right. the information. So that the point we already being, if they can
0: see to. it, if they can see it through copilots, because they could have seen it other ways too.
1: Absolutely. They just didn't. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. And but then it also becomes quite interesting because then you need to look at, well, so I was talking to um to a a company uh, that we're providing training services to and Mm. and they said we need to train all of our executives in using this and I said well we're going to need to train all the executives and your executive assistants obviously because if you're going to ask them to do a lot of stuff for you you know they are the ones that need to have the co-pilot so then comes the next part so then do the uh, executive assistants do they have access to uh, you know information or do you keep them in private group chats do you keep documents in your OneDrive and all of a sudden like, oh, wait a minute, how do we share our data? Right. So that's the other thing. We need to make sure that all of the people that we want to be able to make intelligent decisions have to have access to that data. So then it should be in channels that are shared with the people who should have the insights. And we've been talking about this for years.
0: Interesting thing you've just pushed against, right, that... Often, often administrative assistants have their each individual routes to the information from their for their executive, and now you need a standard for that because it's going to be applied to a tool.
1: Yeah, and this is quite interesting. If we go a few years back, when Outlook, you know, was the was the tool that was used for everything, right? As an as an assistant, you could get access then to someone else's mailbox and you could answer email on behalf of, you could schedule meetings, all of that. But if you look at Microsoft Teams, there's no on behalf of in Teams. Everyone right. has their own account and everything that's in a group chat, whoever's in not in that group does not have access to that chat or those
0: files. Right. And so you just make the assistant into the, in the group.
1: Again, you know, you need to look at how do we work with information right. and where is it stored. Uh, so again, this has this has always been important, but you add Copilot on top of that, and it
0: becomes it's just even an amplifier more important. for all of that.
1: Amplifier, absolutely.
0: And yeah. know, Rick, I got to interrupt for one moment for this very important message. This episode is run as is brought to you by the Azure Data Conference at the Walt Disney Swan and Dolphin Resort in Orlando, Florida, December fifth to seventh. With keynotes by Microsoft Corporate Vice President of Azure Data, Aaron Gulag, and CVP Jessica Hawk, you'll hear from the Microsoft leadership about where data is going at Microsoft, both on-premises and in Azure. Industry experts and speakers from Microsoft will help you learn proven problem-solving techniques and technologies you can implement immediately and gain insight into Microsoft's data strategies for the cloud and on-premises. Get answers to performance monitoring, troubleshooting, designing for scale and performance, working in the cloud, and exploring all the new features of the latest versions of Azure Data and Microsoft SQL Server. The Azure Data Conference is co-located with the Azure and AI Conference and Dev Intersection. Attend the show and you'll be at the intersection of an incredible array of learning opportunities. And your ticket gives access to all the events. The Azure Data Conference is at the Walt Disney Swan and Dolphin Resort in Orlando, Florida, December 5th to 7th. Use the code RUNAS to get a discount on your registration at AzureDataConf.com, And I'll see you there. And we're back. This is Richard Campbell. That's Ulrika Hedlund. We're talking a little bit about, well, M365 Copilot and all the Copilots and large language models. But really, this is what do we as sysadmins got to bring to our leaders when they're asking about these things? Like, I like that you're recognizing the different tools. You talked about how Big Chat Enterprise is really a great starting point because it doesn't have access to internal data. So, maybe that's the and we already have access to it if we have M365 so it's like oh good let's start there before we go down the copilot part where it might be starting to index internal data and now there's a bunch of other responsibilities we have to deal with
1: absolutely this would be my number one suggestion to organizations that want to start because first of all your users are already on the internet sure. so they're probably already using the commercial based chat um um chat tools like chat gpt mm-hmm. or the bing chat commercial version so just enabling bing chat enterprise where you're logged in with your microsoft 365 account in the browser and anything that you put in uh, will be deleted right so then you can actually you know a uh, draft ask it to draft uh, email for you you could ask it to summarize documents for you that you paste in uh, but you don't have to be worried about that leaking
0: well i always think from a sysadmin perspective it's like i'm afraid people are already doing this with the open version of chat gpt and risking company data so exactly and that's already happened
1: right yeah it's happening yes. now it's already happening. So so this is a very positive way of raising the awareness right. to say, no, we're not blocking everything. Instead, this is a tool where you're protected, where our information is protected, but we're not unleashing it on all of our internal data because we need to do a data review yeah. before we turn on copilot on that. And it's going back to the behavior. You need to get people to start using it every single day. Right. And you know, for me, you, you also also have it on the mobile right mm-hmm. so now i before this is funny where you know we look at the vocabulary before it's like yeah google this google that right. i'm like i'm gonna bing that i'm gonna bing that <laughs>
0: <laughs> and specifically so that bing that. chat enterprise on the phone because mm-hmm. i mean I what i like about it is is, is the summarization across multiple search sites stuff i used to do in my head anyway or mm-hmm. by looking at multiple pages and the footnoting, like just its ability to, yes. to say, Hey, this is where I got this information from. So, it feels a lot more qualified.
1: And this goes back to this kind of this intern question <laughs> that we talked about. Like, mm-hmm. can you can you really trust the answers that you get back? And here, as part of the, the training, I say as well, look, you can't really trust, you know, the answers that you get, but you do get references. So right. You could go back and you can say, okay, where is this coming from? And, of course, like we teach our kids as well, everything that you read on the internet is not true. Mm-hmm. It goes back to that, you know, you also need to have, you know, your own sense of, uh, you know, understanding as well.
0: Sure. Now, if it's referencing a Wikipedia article, not only do you have to go back and look at the Wikipedia article, you have to look at the references in the Wikipedia article too. Like, it, you know, there's a reason why most mo- many organizations avoid Wikipedia entirely. It can be a path to being misled. You have to do your diligence around it. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I and it's also
1: that. even more important for for organizations. I mean, yes, you need to look at your inter- internal data, but I would also say that it's even more, or no, it's not even more, but it's even as important to look at the information that you have on, your, you know, public facing websites, mm-hmm. because people are also, you know, going to start to ask more, you know, more insightful questions, instead of browsing and going to your website, they're going to start asking questions and finding the information through the chat-based tools. Right. So you also want to make sure that customers and partners are getting the right type of, of information. So even the public-facing information that you have as an organization becomes even more critical now that you um, that it's correct. Yeah. But also think about all of the things that we've talked about that, oh, we need to change the, you know, the navigation on our website and, oh, no one can find this. Well, you know, this is an amazing tool to help people get answers and to find things.
0: Right. Yeah, no, it, it, you, you are thinking in terms of how that those visibilities appear. Normally, you'd pay for a service for this. Actually, this sort of leads us to this broader conversation. Like, hey, if we, what, is this replacing executive assistants? Are these tools going to be able to take on a bunch of that work for them?
1: So I don't think, you know, now I brought up the the role of the executive assistant, but Mm -hmm. I think every single role that we look at, you you might be asking yourself, is this role going to be replaced by AI? And my answer to that is that no person will be replaced by AI, but every single person might be replaced by another person that's leveraging AI. Right, right. So this is really where we need to skill up and we all need to raise, raise the bar for what we do. So really be curious, uh, test this out. And it's the same thing with companies, right? Um, If no one does anything, then everyone's just standing on the, the, you know, just standing there waiting. Mm -hmm. But I can swear to you, as soon as that you hear that your competitor is going all in on AI, you're going to, you know, you're going to want to be there as well. So
0: yeah, and arguably maybe too late by the time you find out they're doing it, they're already doing it and you've got a big hill to climb.
1: Yeah. But this is also something that I want to say. I don't want people to feel that it's too late. It's definitely not too late. It's never too late to start. So don't be afraid of this mm-hmm. start looking at different groups and I say to organizations put a you know focus group together uh, an innovation team you know ambassadors that can start playing around with this uh, and then you can also just like we've always done when it comes to driving adoption and awareness you know having those ambassadors or having the champions within the organization is amazing and then you can start you know spreading your own stories on how you're using this and the business benefits that, uh, that you're getting from it.
0: For sure. And that with this show's coming out right around the Ignite time frame, so you've got to think somewhere at Ignite there's going to be conversations about this. Like there's uh, obviously things have been moving quickly and Microsoft tends to hold those announcements around these events. So uh, we're presumably going to know more right around the time you're listening to this show that of some of the features that are available and availability of this. Because I mean, it, Bing Chat Enterprise is definitely out there, but Copilot there's still restrictions on who can use it, right?
1: November 1st is the general availability date.
0: The big rollout. Okay, so it's the out by rollout. the time the show is published. We're, yes. we're recording so. in October for publication in November, so yeah, it'll be out there.
1: Exciting. is it? It's a little bit tiring, isn't it? <laughs> Being a regional director oh, yes. and staying on top of all the things that are coming up from not just Microsoft, but also you know others in, oh, in yeah. the field Without because we need to, Stay on top of everything.
0: Yeah. and, And in reality, of course, I'm fairly conservative about this stuff. So, I, you know, and a lot of the organizations I work with are too. So they're not interested in being an early adopter. They want a certain level of awareness, but they're very, you know, the great thing about being a sysadmin is change is good, but you go first. You know, let me know how that goes for you. I'll <laughs> let you take the arrows, and from that, we'll have these learnings that can uh, put things in place. Well, that's where I count on you for, Ulrika, is that you, you're talking to folks already about these implementation plans.
1: Absolutely.
0: The yeah. initial Those initial deployments, uh, I mean, I guess the, you, we've described a couple of workflows like meeting summaries or document summaries and, and creative writing works are those the folks we should be looking at first for using these tools or providing them to just as, a, as our case study or our Tiger team?
1: So the first thing, if we, if we just look at the first group, mm-hmm. it will be very important to get people from different parts of the business. Interesting. So I would say when you start out in that team, it should not just be IT people and it should ju- not just be the leaders. Mm-hmm. So make sure that you pick a very diverse group. And then later on, also you know my you know what i advise is that let people make a business case yeah on you know if You know, make it a process that people can submit a business case if they should have this or not. And like, like I said before, that comes with certain responsibilities. And because we, I think it will be very difficult for an organization to top down decide on who should have it and what the outcomes could be, because you wouldn't really know uh, every single user and every single use case. So, in order to be very agile, in order to be very flexible, you could put a process in place where you know uh, users uh, would apply for it, but of course, then they would even they would need to know yeah. <laughs> what it is, right? So you need to you know raise that level of awareness first.
0: Well, and I, and I look at these things two different ways. One is like pick a team that's progressive and wants to try new tools and put it on the whole team because you think their workflow makes sense and see what that outcome is like. But you're suggesting an, an, another interesting scenario, which is let's let's pick individuals across teams. And that, again, we'd hope their leaders would be able to identify these folks that are well-suited to trying a new tool and learning. We'll take the do the training and take it seriously and work on it every day to see where you get results that way.
1: And as always, when organizations are looking for volunteers, sure. it's it's good to say that you will get something for this, but you also have to, you know, give something in return. Yeah. So, You know, it's that give and take. So definitely, you know, they will get access to these tools. uh, They will be recognized within the organization, but also they have to invest their time, right? right? And they have to share their insights and their knowledge. Yeah, it comes comes with some obligations for being first. Yeah, this this is no different from all of the other technologies that we've always talked about of having, you know, the ambassadors, the champions. You want them to be the ones that drive change within the organization. Right. But it's also something that, uh, you know, it's its give and take.
0: So the cross-cutting part of that is so that they are learning in their domain space so they can educate others in their domain space, you know, in in, exactly. in, a, in a larger organization. Ah, I really appreciate that thinking. It's very wise. I would also think from an administrator perspective, I should be looking at the logs and saying just how much chat GPT is already going on inside the organization. Be You know, thinking about that Bing chat enterprise side, it's like, hey, we have an opportunity to to clean this up essentially and get it better handled than what's probably happening organically right now.
1: Yes, of course. And and again, this is going back to you want users mm-hmm. to leverage the power. Yeah. And you want them to, you know, start asking questions and getting that, you know, the sum- the summaries and the the insights and the intelligence, but you want to make sure that you keep your data safe. We do it
0: safely. So, yeah. Yeah. Cotton pasting things from the company into the chat GPT window. Not the way. That seems like no, a problem. Not recommended. <laughs> <laughs> very bad practice. But very likely to have happen. I mean, you know, here we are talking about can we find recruit folks to be part of this program and so forth, but it's so much in the gestalt this year, I can't imagine anyone not wanting to use it. Uh, I'm sure there's somebody, but, uh, you know, that, that generally speaking, people are going to be excited for the opportunity. And by that token, it's like, and it's probably already happening. So maybe, you know, we should get on this to manage it.
1: And can you imagine, can you imagine what this does to employer attractiveness? So it's, imagine that, you know, now you have a job. Mm-hmm. Here's your co-pilot. So you're basically given a digital assistant that could do wonders for you.
0: Well, and has all that corporate knowledge. Right? Like yeah, it's, it has
1: all the knowledge that you should have, the information you have yeah, access yeah. to. And then you you go, you change jobs, and they're like, no, you don't get this. We don't use like, this. You story. will feel wing strapped. Yeah. You will feel that I cannot use my superpowers. I cannot be a, the best version of myself. So you're not going to want to go to that. Well, employer.
0: Any, I mean, I've seen this happen with, you know, back in the old days. Oh, you don't use email? Or uh, these days more, it's like you're not using Teams or Slack or any of these collaboration tools. Like how do you get work done? Like the expectations of information workers are shifting. So I I absolutely could see this is a prereq for if you want my best work, you know, I need the best tools and this is a great tool.
1: And it's really interesting that you say that, Rich, because I'm 100% with you. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is a prerequisite for me, you know, in in order for me to get my job done at the level that I do. But there are so many people that have never experienced working in an environment where you have co-authoring and cloud-based tools and teams and Slack. They are so used to email and sending an attachment and then sending an updated version 2 and version 3 and version 4. And this is the challenge. If you've never experienced something else, you don't even see it.
0: Yeah, you don't know. This is just the way I get work done. And right up until I run into an organization, it's like, ah, we don't do it that way anymore. You know, here's a better workflow, and we need you to adapt. Uh, yeah, it's they we're going to see both these scenarios, and uh, and have to cope. I guess they, you know, the thing I haven't quantified yet, and it'll be interesting to see what it looks like, is what is the productivity boost? How much better do folks who are skilled at using these large language models? Or how how more quickly do they get work done? How better is their work? Like it's, that's going to be interesting to measure.
1: It's going to be in two dimensions. So the productivity dimension is always a little bit tricky Mm -hmm. because say that you can, okay, you increase your productivity. So you do things faster, right? right? You write this document faster. What do you then do the rest of the time? So is it that we go down to a four day work week? Mm. Uh, is it uh, that we um, um, you know what do we do with that extra time? Do yeah. we produce more, more work? Mm-hmm. So the other thing that I think is extremely important to look at is that the quality of work yeah. will improve. So the you know the the sales pitch will be better. right on average. The service, I mean yes the service will be better mm-hmm. so it's like in in general we're improving the output so it's not just about the productivity boost it's also about the enhancements in the output
0: right. that's important. the average quality I could we were talking early about the uh image generator tools they just keep improving They're not as good as the best graphic artists, but you often don't have or can't afford the best graphic artists. So they are going to improve the average output, but you know, the best will still be the best and it should be more than enough. Like that's very valuable.
1: And I mean, since we do, we do training, we do a lot of, um, you know, looking at training and courses and content, Mm -hmm. but now up until now, we've been able to produce it in say 15 languages right. and uh, you know we have you know translators and it's quite time, timely to you know t- do all of the updates and the change now with uh, ai based la- large you know language models we can you know produce things in a fraction of the time right. in any language worldwide wow. so if you also think about you know the scale uh, and all of a sudden you know the, the globe becomes even smaller because we can actually you know we can uh, uh, translate things we can talk to each other we can understand each other better so that's another aspect that's the extremely interesting to look
0: at yeah powerful to look at one last circle back on the pricing is i gotta say Like you think about all the productivity value here for 30 U.S. dollars a month or roughly a dollar a day. Like you don't have to save a lot of time or, you know, one good thing comes out of it in a given month. That bills are relevant.
1: Absolutely. And that goes also back to right what you can do of that, right? So right. yeah, it's one dollar a day, absolutely you can save on that. But then it's like, what do we do with that time? Yeah.
0: And, <laughs> so and yeah. And did they did did they do something this much? Like you only have to do a few things before you're getting enough results to say that money was well spent. But yeah, how they use their time is
1: important. So I'm a 100%, I'm 100% that this will be money very well spent. Mm-hmm. Again, if you give the tools to people that can use it for,
0: you know, really unleashing their superpowers, right. then absolutely. Effective value. It's going to be a no brainer. And train them to do it well. Yeah. Uh, Ulrika, it's always so much fun to talk to you. Thanks so much for taking the time with me.
1: Thank you. It's a pleasure as always, Rich.
0: And we'll talk to you next time on Run As Radio.